are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth, O God, and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You know the experience. Let's say you buy a new car and you begin to see that car everywhere on the road, same make, same model, same color. Or let's say you name your child what you think is a unique name, but soon you begin to hear it shouted to other children, your child's name on the playground. When we named our daughter Sophie in 1991, there were no Sophies, or so we thought. And it turns out there were three in her fifth grade class alone. In fact, one of those Sophies was her maid of honor here at a recent wedding. Well, that's how I feel right now about the topic of change. I seem to be hearing change talked about everywhere, change in clever book titles, TED Talks about change, podcasts about change, and now a sermon about change. And it's understandable we're talking a lot about change the world is still reeling from a pandemic and transitions that that pandemic brought to all of us. And we at Montview know a thing or two about changes and transitions. We made our way through twists and turns through the pandemic. And at the same time, many of us on staff have undergone significant changes in our personal and family lives, some happy and some excruciating. We've also seen really exciting changes in this historic building, and we're celebrating this new space and we're living into it. We're also facing significant goodbyes to beloved staff members and preparing for hellos to new staff members that will be joining us in the months ahead more changes. And thankfully, we cannot see in one snapshot all of the changes and transitions we will face in our individual and our collective lives. Mercifully, we have no idea how many goodbyes or hellos we will say. It's just too much emotionally. It'd be too much for us to manage. The comedian Irma Bombeck, if you remember her, she said, if a woman could see in one snapshot all the dishes she'd wash in her lifetime, she'd fall down dead. I know that's pretty gendered, but, but it'd be too much. 
it'd be too much. So it is with change in our lives. It's better to have changes measured out one dish at a time. Christianity and the church from its earliest times has been a religion of change. Christianity has always flowed like a river, adapting its speed and depth and width and jetting off into new tributaries as the world changed around it. And in our scripture lesson today, the writer of Luke Acts addresses a huge change that took place in the lives of the early Jesus followers, Jesus' second goodbye in the uh, ascension, his dramatic departure from earth. Remember that the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles are a two-part story, one focusing on the life and ministry of Jesus and the other focusing on the continuation of Jesus' ministry by his followers. In fact, there are two accounts of the ascension. You heard them both, one in the gospel, one in Acts. And the account in Luke's gospel is placed at the end of Jesus's life. And the account of the, um, the one in Acts is placed at the beginning of the life of the disciples in the uh, new church when the arrival, at the arrival of the Spirit. And as peculiar as the ascension story seems to our modern ears and imaginations, it has been part of the church's theological understanding of itself from as early as the fourth century. Indeed, though, we get into trouble if we try to make scientific sense of the ascension because it doesn't make scientific sense. Throughout the centuries, artists have depicted this puzzling scene of Jesus being lifted into heaven. And there are not many nuanced ways to express the power of the ascension, his final goodbye, except with his arms wide open and his robes flowing down and his feet dangling and clouds above him. And the apostles are always standing there looking a little stunned and staring with mouths wide open. Ascending and taking his seat at the right hand of God was essential to the early church's theological narrative of Jesus. And by the fifth century, the Apostles' Creed came to us and it confessed Jesus came down to earth as incarnate, as God incarnate, and he descended into hell to release the captives. And he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And in fact, in 390 CE, the chapel of the ascension was constructed at the venerated site on the Mount of Olives where they believed Jesus actually was lifted up. So just as we cannot get to Easter without Good Friday and Holy Saturday, we can't get to Pentecost, to the coming of the Holy Spirit without trying to make some sense of the ascension. We can't skip it and we can't dismiss it as just a strange story. I believe the ascension is necessary 
to the whole story of Jesus because the risen Christ had to say goodbye and depart the earth in order to create space for the Holy Spirit to come. And the Spirit had to come in order to empower the disciples, in order to empower us to become the church. Jesus had to leave in bodily form in order for his followers to become the body, the body of Christ on earth. The body of Christ is fleshed out in our flesh. The actions of Christ are fleshed out in our actions. In the very familiar words of St. Teresa of Avila, Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. In this scene, Jesus says goodbye to his friends and he blesses them and he's lifted into the clouds out of sight and they are stunned. Too much change. And while they're still standing there, these two men in white robes say, why are you still standing here, men of Galilee? There's work to be done. Go back to Jerusalem and wait for the power to come. And I imagine the disciples blinking a couple of times and looking around at each other and thinking, despite all the changes, we're still the same people not that impressive, not new or improved. It's the same people we've been with for three years. James and John and Andrew and Peter, Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew and the good Judas. There's probably Mary and Mary Magdalene and all the women who were at the tomb. And they couldn't see it in that moment but it would be their small band of ordinary seeming individuals that would change the world. So the story of the ascension is about a significant goodbye. And the next week, we say hello to the Holy Spirit, the spirit of fire that will come down upon the church and empower them to be the church to be the feet and the hands and the body of Christ. So the, the story of the ascension is about necessary endings and powerful beginnings. And endings are hard, but beginnings might be even harder. There are many unexpected and expected changes that come to us in our lives. We, we might say goodbye to singlehood and hello to marriage, or goodbye to marriage and hello to singlehood. Or when we start a new job or end a job, well, think about starting a new job, even if you're excited about it, right? Even if you're excited, being the newbie isn't easy. 
It takes time to find your bearings. It's hard to be a beginner again, right? It's humbling not to know what you're doing. And we know that being a visitor in a church, in a new church, can be really disorienting and you feel pretty vulnerable. Whenever my family visited a new church, we always felt like middle schoolers looking for a seat in the cafeteria, right? And this is the season of graduations and changes are stirring. Young adults are creating room in their lives to grow out of the fishbowls of their current schools and their homes in order to grow into what they'll become. And it might be college, or it might be a job, or it might be traveling. Goodbyes and endings are hard, but they make way for hellos and for new life and for fresh starts. The disciples had no idea what lay ahead for them as they were left there staring into the skies, bewildered but blessed. And Jesus assured them, just as we are assured today, in the midst of change, we are never left alone. The Spirit did come, they waited, and the Spirit came and they did become the church. But that's the story for next week. So we'll save it, save it for them. Amen.